Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day, and the playoffs are finally set as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 440. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with my friend Greg Cosell to talk about the number one seeded Philadelphia Eagles as they go into their first round by what got the Eagles here. We're going to dive into that, the state of this team at this point in the year, and also who their potential opponent could be next weekend at Lincoln Financial Field. Before we get there, a couple things I want to make sure we hit on, and the most most important one is to head on over head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show, wherever you can leave a rating, wherever you can leave a comment, wherever you can leave a question. That is the place to give us your support. Head on over, especially to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Leave us a question. We'll get to it here in an upcoming episode. That said, let's get into this now. Excited to chat with Greg about this number one Eagles team right now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, Greg, so the conversation that we've had for the last three weeks was always that, hey, the Eagles win. They've got the number one seed. It took three games, but they, uh, the third third time's a charm. They were able to come through and uh, take care of business on Sunday, which that's kind of what this felt like was go in, take care of business. It, you know, it doesn't need to be. Style uh, the, points the don't matter. Style points mean they nothing They get the week the off and they're the number one seed. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the thing we talked about on the postgame show uh, on Sunday evening, myself, uh, Gabriella DiGiovanni, <laughs> and uh, Ike Reese, just talking about, you know, the 2017 season. The Eagles down the stretch, week 16, week 17 of that year against the Raiders and against the Cowboys, like did not look particularly great. That was some no. of the worst showings uh, of the season. It's Yes, you want to play your best football when you get into the playoffs, but it's about when you get into the playoffs. You need to get into the playoffs and then play your best ball, uh, and I think that's the, the, the moral of that story at the end of the day. Oh, for sure. I mean, bottom line is they get a week off. Yep. Jalen Hurts gets more rest because I think it was pretty evident that he's probably not 100%, yeah. and I thought that probably showed up, and I think the way they in which they played, they were just trying to get him through the game and win the game. Yep. And and it occurred. Um, so, yeah, it, all that matters is now they get a week off and uh, we'll be playing in Philadelphia. That's it. Well, multifaceted uh, yeah. reasons why that's, a, that's so important for yeah. this team. Obviously, look, home field advantage in front of the fans at Lincoln Financial Field, important. Getting Very Jaylen, quiet group here, too, yeah, in Philly. Right. Oh, Very well, quiet group. Not yeah. known to be a raucous crowd <laughs> whatsoever. Um, it, I think <laughs> you factor in, obviously, the health of Jalen Hurts, right. Vontae Maddox, and Lane Johnson, Josh Sweat, all of those guys uh, getting that extra week of rest is important. It's a veteran-laden team. Getting those guys a little bit extra rest. Also, another aspect of it, uh, from a self-scouting angle, that's one thing that is not really necessarily talked about for this first round by as being a, a huge advantage, but having that week now where the Eagles don't need to prep for an opponent here this week, and essentially, yeah, like you get that bye week like you get in the regular season to do some self-scouting, do some self-reflection. What are some of the trends that have shown up with you guys over the last five, six, seven, eight weeks that other teams are seeing that you can now combat? I think over the last two years with the staff, we've seen this team make really good adjustments in the second half of seasons. And I think that's something that can play to their advantage here in this game. And and one thing that relates to that is that teams then bring in a lot of their scouts, a lot of people from the road, so they have more bodies that can go through tape mm. and make suggestions, adjustments, uh, improvements. And, uh, and self-scouting is really important at this time of year because the reality is every team and every coaching staff on both sides of a ball – 
has tendencies. That's it. Coaches coach what they know. Yep. They have a system. They coach it short. Do they have tweaks all throughout the season? Of course. But you're not changing your entire methodology and philosophy week to week. Nor are you changing that in the playoffs either, but you can make more adjustments within that framework when you have a bye week. Hey, it's third and long in the red zone. What coverage are we playing? What, if, right. Is it this, if it this to an exorbitant amount? Okay, maybe we have to right. change hey, some of those things Right, 85% of the time we've played this coverage. You know what? Let's maybe go to the 15% this week and see how that works. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, and then from a, of an offensive standpoint, from a play-calling right, standpoint, right. having an understanding of, hey, these are the kind of concepts we like to run. The opponent sees that. What are some change-ups we can run off of those plays? And normally and the change-ups are an extreme. It might just be getting to your concepts from different personnel, different formation look, a motion that you haven't shown. Yep. Because that's really what it comes down to. You're not changing everything about your team. But I think one thing that's important, I don't want to jump ahead, but just you sort of broached the subject. You know, I think that the, the injuries are, are something that, that's interesting. Mm. Um, we don't know about avantomatics. Toes are, are a really difficult thing. Yeah. I mean, he could play, he could not play. That's the thing is that the mm -hmm. fact that they did not put him on injured reserve would make me think that there's hope they that, think that they, he's close. Right. right? That right. It, it could, it could, he could be ready, he might not be, right. but the, the fact that they kept him off IR makes me think it's not a foregone conclusion that he's definitely going to be out. So I think that's... And the Lane Johnson issue, you know, we don't know. I mean, Same it's, kind of deal, it's, yeah. it, we don't know. He could yep. play three plays in the first round of the yep. playoffs and, and be out for the season. Right. So... Uh, I think we need to discuss that. And I think one of the things, particularly defensively, that we had to see on Sunday, even in a game that, you know, where they were playing against backups for the Giants for the most part, for the most part yep. you had to see who was going to be the slot corner. Because if Maddox cannot go, you had to see who was going to be in his spot. Yep. Um, because I think the tape has told you that Josiah Scott has been up and down. Made some plays, but also has gotten burned. So the question was... With C.J. Gardner-Johnson back, was he going to stay at his normal safety position? Yep. Or would they put him at slot corner, a, po a position he played very well for a number of years with the Saints? Um, and it turned out in their base defense, when they were in their 5-2 defense, he played safety. Yep. But when they went to their nickel, he played slot corner. And... That would lead me to believe if, if Maddox can't go... That would be the plan. That, he, that would be the plan. Now... We can debate that. I'm sure they've had conversations in this building about that because Gardner Johnson is a tremendous ball hawk, one of the best in the league at the safety position. Yep. So I'm sure they've had a lot of conversations, a lot of disagreements, uh, you know, maybe even a few, you know, voices raised. Right. But you had to decide where he's going to play if Maddox cannot go. Where are you best? Yeah. And that's the thing is that it's about, it's, you talk about this with offensive linemen all the time. And I, I always make the comparison between offensive lines and secondaries all the time. I feel like there's so much that we learn on, on like an individual basis, but also with how the group works as a whole. And it's always, always about, hey, you want to get your five best on the field. You want to get your five best on the field. Right. And I think when you're looking at, at a secondary group you want to say like all right how do you get our best five right. uh and as a summation you know what's the what's the best group right so when you go when we go into into nickel what is the best group when we go into dime what is the best group where do those guys need to shift right, and, and right. line up to really get our best football and so uh clearly you know in this game they felt that it was let's see let's see what chauncey looks like in the slot we'll keep reed blanket chip at safety 
You know, and I think Reed Blankenship has played well. He has. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a couple nice breaks on the ball uh, yeah. here in this game. I would say the big thing coming out of this one, um, you know, just from an individual st- game standpoint, is that I mean, this team had four or five dropped interceptions. Yeah. Like the plays that uh, you want when you get into the playoffs. I'm a big believer in like those those game tilting kinds of plays. You want know, to be able to those opportunistic right because you assume that the matchups are more even. Yes, and you need those plays. You need those plays, right? right? And so um, <coughs> you know, and sometimes they go the other way, right? I think right. back to uh, divisional round against the Falcons in 2017. That ball from Nick Foles going right off Keanu Neal's knee, knee going right up in the air, and Zach Ertz uh, was it Zach Ertz or no? It was Torrey Smith that came down with the ball in the middle of the field, right? Th- those kinds of plays change the outcome of those games. Correct. So uh, the Eagles in the beginning of the season, that was the hallmark of this defense was the the turnover ratio and how often they were taking the ball away on that side. And they haven't done that recently. The last few weeks have not. And they had a bunch of opportunities in week 18. And when you get to week 20... That's got to change. Yeah, and and I think the the other potential issue is Lane Johnson. Right. Because one could make the argument, and I've said this before, I don't study O-linemen the way some others do who know more than I do about the you know the subtle nuances of the position, but I would argue that he's one of the two or three best line, offensive linemen in the league, not just tackles, mm. linemen. Yep. And, you know, obviously... Jack Driscoll has played the last two weeks, and I think with mixed results. And it would be interesting if the hope is that Lane Johnson, with two more weeks of rest, at least you know goes and can make it through, right. and ideally make it through three games. Right. That, 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 that's the goal. But it's the nature of an injury, as I understand it. This is all just reading. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. He could he could totally tear it after three plays too, and be done. Yep. And. You're not a doctor, but you play one on this podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Um, you know, so with Driscoll, you you know, you the question becomes: Does that necessitate some kind of adjustment in their offense? Because right. all offensive coaches want to get all five eligible receivers out into routes mm. without having to chip, without having to be uh, kind of squeezed by formation. In other words, hey, we have to put a tight end right next to Jack Driscoll. Uh, you know, if we're playing, let's say, the Niners, you know, we have to, we, we can't let him go against Bosa 101. Yep. You know, just throwing that out as an example. Um, Especially with the way that this team has morphed for, uh, schematically uh, in terms of being able to attack downfield. And being you, and being a passing team right now. Yeah, uh, you, you and I spoke, uh, you know, communicated Sunday night into Monday right. morning about what we were going to talk about for Eagles game plan this right. week. And so, you know, what is it that uh, stands out to you about this offense? What is one of the main reasons why and they are they are What was the first right thing now? I said to you? Vertical passing. Vertical passing game, which yeah. I don't think we expected – at the beginning of the season. So, like, last year, if you look at the numbers, last year, they 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 loved throwing vertically, but they were nowhere near as efficient and right. as explosive as what they've been this year. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, but I, I think when you look at their ability, especially, like, you can look at the, the split being, like, the bye week. Weeks one through six, uh, they were in the bottom third in downfield pass attempts in the NFL. Since that point, I think they're eighth in downfield pass attempts. And the, really, that, that change happened at, but, at the bottom. But it's also the success rate. That's yes, the thing. That's the thing. Yep, no it, doubt. It, it, it's, again, I don't know what the exact percentage yep. success rate is based on, on a metric. Yep. But it seems as if every single week, with Jalen, that is, in particular, <laughs> that they're, they're succeeding on vertical shots. Yep. And, and somehow, somewhere along the line, they're succeeding. So when you want to throw the ball down the field, obviously you need to protect. Yep. And so it'll be interesting to see. You know, So those were the two things, just looking at the game against the Giants, um, even though it was backups for the Giants, that to me, I really wanted to see. I wanted to see who was going to play slot corner, and I just wanted to get a feel for, for Driscoll because obviously the week before, um, you know, against uh, Cam Jordan, he had 
some struggles. Yeah, I and mean, then a lot of people do against Cam Jordan. Sure, I, I think that you know even going back and watching this game, you know, and, and look, it, it meant a lot for the Eagles, obviously. Uh, so it's not the same. It's not an apples to apples comparison, but it did feel like a preseason game schematically because uh, the Eagles were very vanilla on their side of the football offensively, very, very, very vanilla defensively from a yes. coverage standpoint. Very, very, very basic cover one, cover cover four, uh, some cover six thrown in there, but it wasn't like a lot of blitzing. And offensively, I mean, they hardly did anything. Yeah, it was all very basic, like day one install stuff. And rightfully so, because there's a legitimate chance that the Eagles are playing this team next week for a third time. That is correct. Well, so uh, you know you don't, you don't want to show too much uh, no, from that standpoint. No. Um, but know, one thing they they will have to clean up because and and whether they game plan for it or not, we don't know the answer to that in detail. But they know they're going to get it. Is there are a few too many free rushers at Jalen Hurts in this game? Yeah, I mean, we knew that we made the joke last <laughs> right, week. You right. and I could be playing corner, and Mark <laughs> right. that was going to blitz. Right, uh, that right. was the case uh, right, you know, right, in right. this game. Um, <laughs> and look, at the end of the day, this is through 18 games uh, or 18 weeks in the season, 17 games. Uh, the Eagles are the third most blitzed offense in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, teams are willing to send extra rushers, and, and at they've been Jaylen pretty Hurts. successful against it. And that's the, yes. yes, no doubt. Yeah. That's the, and that's yeah. the thing is that. But I think that teams have consistently shown, hey, like yeah. despite your ability, uh, you know against the, the Tennessee Titans or against the Pittsburgh Steelers to throw for 380 and four touchdowns, right. we're still going to try you. Right. We're still, we're st- that, we feel like that is our best bet at success to try and create some chaos. No, you're exactly way. right. They, I think Jalen has been the fourth most blitz quarterback in the I, you know, cause I, believe again, I believe it's third highest. It's the third, right okay, yeah. yeah. So that's that's something that they're going to have to prepare right. for, regardless of who they play. No question. Because every team, we talked about this going into like the Colts game or the Texans right, game, where right. those teams were in the the bottom two or three in blitz. Those teams had season high blitz amounts against. No the question. Like no question. So that's just something. Yeah, and, and these are things. You know, we're trying to get a big picture view here. That's sort of yeah. the point of this podcast. Obviously, we're not spending a lot of time on yesterday's game. Yeah. Not necessary. Um, but uh, you know, just to get a big picture as this team goes forward. Now, you look at a team like the 49ers, who they wouldn't play until the, the NFC Championship game because the Niners are their number two seed. They're a team that does not have a high blitz rate. Yeah. Because they've got a tremendous yeah, front, right, four front four yep. that with a ton of depth. Yep. So, you know, it, it all depends on who your opponent is. If they do get the Giants again, you know what Wink Martindale is going to do. No he's going to pressure. Yeah, he's going to pressure. He's going to play man. They're yeah. going to live in sub. Although, what's interesting, and I didn't look at the numbers yesterday only because the Giants didn't play their, their normal group. Right. But his blitz percentage the last two or three, or, or I should Their not, man percentage. Their man yes. percentage. I actually noticed that their last Their man percentage, yeah. not their blitz percentage, their man percentage yep. in their two previous games yes. had gone down significantly. I thought that was interesting. The last, yeah. Particularly when I was watching week 17, I thought that was yeah. notable that they didn't yeah. play as much man. Yeah. Um, but uh, so let me ask you this. I was going to ask you this towards the end, but we can get into it. Just no, talking yeah. about some of these games this sure. weekend because who the Eagles could see. And we'll start uh, on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 start, uh, Seattle going on the road to San Francisco. What are your thoughts in terms of Seattle's ability to go and win that game? Because if they do win, that's the Eagles' <coughs> opponent there Correct, in the divisional round. Correct, because they're the seventh. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Seattle has struggled this year at times stopping the run. Mm. Um, and to me, guys... Nothing truly schematic, I think, although they have really struggled at times to set the edge. That has been an issue for the Seahawks all year, setting the edge in the run game. A very over... That stretch uh, stretch run game, that's going to be an issue for San Francisco. A a, a very overlooked element. Um, You know, if they do play Seattle, um, you know, Seattle lost uh, Jordan Brooks. He's done for the year. And... The, the initial sub, the initial backup is Tanner Muse, who you people might Clemson. remember was a safety at Clemson, yeah. okay? He's now moved to linebacker. Yep. In some ways like J. Ron Curse, but he's playing more true linebacker. Mm. 
Now, they signed last week, and he got snapped this week, Anthony Johnson, the old Tennessee linebacker who had some some really good years in Denver in terms of number of tackles. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him play more snaps this week because when I watch, I actually watched Seattle's tape already from this past week against the Rams, and the Rams have kind of morphed into a running football team. Mm. Tanner Muse is a guy that the Niners are going to go after if he plays a lot of snaps. So that's why it wouldn't surprise me if Johnson is the guy. So if they somehow win, then it becomes interesting as to how this Pete Carroll and that defensive staff see the Eagles. Because the Eagles, quite frankly, have not been running the football with the same volume that they did earlier in the season. If you look at the Eagles as a running football team, which they haven't been, I would think Johnson is the better stacked backer because he's a true stacked backer. Right. If you think they're going to throw the ball, you might want to play Muse because he's essentially a safety playing linebacker. Um, I really like their corners. Their corner, it, it, that matchup would be fascinating mm. to me. Now, they don't, they don't um, flip corners. They play sides. Okay. So you got the rookie three. Wallen is the right corner, yep. and Michael Jackson is the left corner. He, he was a former seventh round pick for Dallas uh, out of Miami. Out of Miami, he but a big corner, yeah. They like big corners. Yeah, no Wallen is six that. four, and you, we know he ran a four two eight. Six four two hundred ran yeah, a four two. Yeah, yeah, and Kobe Bryant is yep. their um, interesting. Cobyy, yep. Interesting. Uh, Michael Jackson and Kobe Bryant, and Kobe Bryant Star is their slot corner. Yeah. yeah, and he's a good player too. Yep. He was the corner opposite Sauce Gardner at Cincinnati. He was a good prospect. Yeah. I know you did him, and I did too. He was a good prospect. Yeah. So their corners are all big and they're physical and they're just good players. Um, their pass rush has been a little bit up and down. Yeah, they haven't had that. They haven't year. had the kind of pass rush that you'd ideally like to have. Yep. And then uh, offensively, obviously, Geno Smith has been a big story here. He's had a season. really good season. Yep. They've done a really good job with him. They've. Um, I don't want to say they've controlled him because that makes it sound like he needed to be controlled. But I think they've done a really good job in defining things for him. They're a big play action boot team. Mm. Uh, they're either first or second in the NFL in snaps, snap percentage of 12 personnel. They play a ton with two tight ends. Right, so now, Fant can line up anywhere. Up. Well, the Eagles would match that up with their, typically their Well, the question two, is, yeah. would they because of Fant? Right. Now, they might on first and 10, yep. but would they do it on second and eight? Right. You know, because this team will still play out of 12 personnel even on those kind. Now, they won't on third and nine, yeah. but on second and eight they could. So the question is, would the Eagles at that point go, go to a 5-1 nickel? Right. Um, or would they go to a 4-2 nickel? Or would they stay in a 5-2 base? You what, know, are your, what are your thoughts on how that offensive line, because they've got two rookie tackles uh, on how that offensive line It's interesting line you asked me that because that rush. I think Charles Cross started out really, really well. And I think he's kind of regressed as the year's gone on. Because uh, the matchup would be he and Josh Sweat, if Josh Sweat's healthy. And that will be something and, to watch. Right. If Sweat's and I go. think Sweat will yep. be, but again, not a doctor. Know. Yeah, right. Uh, I think... I think that would be a tough match. Cross has not been a great one-on-one pass protector over the last month or six weeks. Mm. Okay. And I remember watching him in college, and you know, a lot of people really liked him, as I think we both did. Yep. You remember the one guy that gave him big problems? It would be Sam Williams. It would be Sam Williams. Yes, the Cowboys second round. Yes, yep. he was the only guy. I watched something like eight games, yep. you know, which is probably too many, but you know me, I just go a little nuts. And Sam Williams was the Those only— Those notes aren't going to write themselves. What's yeah, that? The notes aren't going to write themselves. No, no, exactly. You got to put the film in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Sam Williams gave him problems. But but the point is, is Cross has kind of 
regressed a little bit. Now, yeah. Lucas has been hurt. Yeah. Um, the rookie second round pick yeah. is the right tackle. Yeah. A, the right tackle, but he's actually had a solid season. He was a f- uh, <clears throat> four or five year starter, I think, at yeah. yeah, Washington State. He's but, the, a ton of football. but they have issues in the interior of their O line. Right. That's a big, if they were to play Seattle, that would be a big concern for the Seahawks. It's going to be a big concern for them this week against San Francisco. Uh, big time. So they got to they get mean, through that. I mean, that's one of those games where you look at, quite honestly, and, and again, playoffs, we know there's going to be an upset. or Especially some, a divisional game. Something uh, something yes. this weekend is going to be wacky. It yep. always is, particularly yep. with six games. But it's hard to really see Seattle winning the game without turnovers. Yeah. Which, you know, again, that could happen. So let's, let's take a look now at the uh, the sixth seed going up against the uh, the three seed here. And this is the a rematch from just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, the New York Giants, who the Eagles just saw and going up against Minnesota. That was the first game and only game this year in which Brian Dable, in a close game, allowed Daniel Jones to toss it around the yard. Mm. He, they had to against Detroit when they got beat badly. Yep. But this game was close the whole way. And instead of Jones having his kind of normal 25 pass attempts, he was up around 40-plus, and had a really good game, by the way. Right. So, you know, the Giant, again, it could have been a function of the opponent because we know that the Minnesota Vikings have not been very good defending the pass this year. Yep. So Brian Dable may have said, you know what? We're attacking their weakness, so we're going to throw the football. I don't care who we line up at receiver. We're, we, we're going to attack them. And they actually threw the ball very, very well in that game. Mm. You know, Receivers are interesting. It's easy to sit here and say, you know, oh, they're playing Isaiah Hodgins. They're playing Richie James. They're playing Slayton. You know, these guys are not really NFL starters. Well, we're in a league now, and and if you just look at the list, you know, you only need 59 yards per game to gain 1,000 yards receiving. Right. You know, and so if you look at the list of 1,000-yard receivers, it's a long list. It's a really long list. Guys can be a function of the offense. That's the other. Allow them to be productive. That's a very important point. Yeah. You know, there's there's receivers now who are going to put up big numbers, and they're the number one receiver to their team. They're not necessarily a top five receiver in the league, but they're more than functional receiver. Like Isaiah Hodgins has turned into a very good receiver for the Giants. So, in, what in your mind? This is my like this is the journey of the draft, like big picture question. What is it that separates a guy from being? Hey, this guy can be a a foundational, you know, like AJ Brown level, Justin Jefferson level of player from a. Oh, this guy could be a number one for teams, but like at the end of the day, like is not a guy that you're going to be necessarily fearing uh, uh, as your game. Well, then you get into week. traits. Yes, right, I, I would assume I mean, so. But yeah, that's what then, I, then you get into traits. I mean, I, I, you probably looked at Hodgins when he came out yeah, of Oregon out of State, State yep. as I did as well. And he was actually a really good player in, in, in college. And there's a place for I, Isaiah Hodgins receivers in the league. He's 6'4", he's close to 220, he's got really good hands, he's got a big body, obviously. He pretty much catches everything. He doesn't have much juice, um, but there's a place for those guys. Now, on the Giants, he's morphed into their number one receiver. So you know what that means, Fran? That means he gets targets and catches. So you can look every week, and you're going to see him with pretty good numbers if they throw the ball. I mean, obviously, if they throw 25 balls, he's not going to have 12 targets. But if they throw the ball, he could easily have seven receptions. Um, So for them, he's a number one receiver. And you know what? You don't necessarily go into a game saying, we better stop Isaiah Hodgins or else we're going to lose, but you know what? He's going to get the ball thrown to him. Yeah, and that's the thing is when you have a uh, passing game that you know is centered around play action and moving the pocket, that cr- creates some easy buttons, not just for the quarterback for Daniel Jones, but also for the wide receivers and for the other pass catchers in that offense to then be able to create some big plays and uh, be no factors question. with the ball in their hands. I mean, Richie James has started to put up numbers as well. Yep. 
You know, it's it's it becomes a function. You hit it on the head. It's a function of of the past game schemes, concepts, route combinations, how you attack coverages. And Brian Dable's good at that. Mm. Um Let's go over to because the Eagles have played both these teams, so I think our listeners are pretty well versed yeah. in Minnesota and New York. Uh, let's go over to another one that everyone will be watching here on Monday night. Uh, and if the Vikings win on Sunday, if the uh, if the 49ers win on Saturday, the Eagles play the winner of the Bucks and the Cowboys. So the Bucks hosting the Cowboys. Two teams that have been, you know, it's been a little bit tumultuous for both for at both. certain points of the season. It certainly has not been the uh, the prettiest stretch going into the postseason for Dallas, but uh, and Dak Prescott in particular. I mean, you and I have both said Dak Prescott's a good quarterback, yeah, right? He was, and he this. had a really bad game this week. I mean, he, he barely hit forty. He didn't, he didn't hit forty percent completion. I watched the tape already, and he he really had a hard time. I said um, I said this we were uh, we were watching the game at the end of the as the Eagles game was dwindling down, watching that game. He, he matched his uh, his attempts in the game was his completion percentage. Like that was that was rough. He had thirty seven attempts. And he had thirty seven point eight. He was completion. fourteen for thirty seven. Yeah, it was rough. <clears throat> he wasn't seeing things clearly at all. His ball placement was not very good. Yeah, um, he just had a really bad game. Um, but I would say he's a professional quarterback. No I mean, question. yeah. Um, on the other side. You know, that Bucks offense has not been very good either. They, they have not been able to run the ball at all. The O-line and pass protection has been an issue. Brady, well, they, got wor- they got worse back recently. Right, uh, so their two tackles so are back. Their two tackles are back. Their two so tackles that would are potentially back. help. Right, and um, and the center is... is uh, Jensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yep. big. So, because Brady was... He, does, he doesn't want to get hit or sacked, right. so he was just getting rid of the ball, and they had no downfield passing game. Yep. It really wasn't until two weeks ago when he did hit the three long ones Carolina. to Mike Evans yeah. against Carolina. And, and in that game, amazingly enough, the two tackles were back. Jensen was not. Um, he did have time in the pocket, and he was actually able to stay in the pocket yep. to throw the ball down the field. But they have had <coughs> excuse me, no real vertical passing game. Mm. They, they try it every week. They haven't succeeded. Uh, and Brady does could, not hold the ball. And that's the thing is that in that Carolina game, you know, they found a matchup they liked with Keith Taylor on, on – uh, Well, he beat Henderson uh, on once too. Yeah, he beat, that's yeah. right. He, beat, he yeah. did beat Henderson once. Um, but in this – Came against the Cowboys, that secondary, they've shown the, the, the propensity to give up those big plays no as well. No question. So that, that could be something to watch there on that okay, one. Right. And we know that Diggs, as, as good as he can be, yep. is definitely a keyer and a cluer, and you can get him with double moves, mm-hmm. as the Eagles did in that uh, matchup that they lost a couple of weeks ago, you know, in the third play of the game when yep. they uh, did the, the sluggo. Yeah. Well, look, it's. Wild Card Weekend is always one of my favorite weekends in sports. Oh, uh, it's it, phenomenal. It's, it's like you mentioned. It's, it, well, by the way, it's Super Wild Card Weekend. Super, yeah. Yes, yeah, come course. on now. Uh, we'll have, we'll, maybe we'll edit that out. Yeah, right, right. We'll, we'll, we'll right, change right, that. Right, right, right. How dare I? Exactly, uh, exactly. Mix, mix that up. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's always one of my favorite weekends in sports. Uh, you, as you said, there's always something that crazy that happens. And There'll be an upset yeah, somewhere along the line. And that's the thing yeah. is that it, selfishly, I'd like to come into the office on Monday morning knowing who the Eagles are going to play. Uh, right, that, right. that makes it makes life right, a little right, easier right. for me in terms of preparation for all the shows and content we're producing. But uh, if we have to wait till that game on Monday night, you know, so we will. It. But uh, that's 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 the end of the day. What we'll do. But uh, we will be talking about that divisional round matchup uh, next week right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. So thank you, Greg, and thank you to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast for every. Everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.